Hey guys, welcome back to the Travel Royally Podcast. Today we have some members from the Macrahanish Golf Club team. Uh, Jeff is going to uh, really appreciate this because this was his second round he ever played. Um, it's known to have, you know, the best opening hole in golf. So really excited to talk with him today. Thank you so much for joining. Well, hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Travel Royally Podcast. Today we're very excited to have with us three guests from Macrahanish, but before I introduce them, I want to tell you a little bit about Macrahanish. Macrahanish is a course that I first encountered uh, 26 years ago on my first trip to Scotland. It was the second course uh, that my father and I ever played, second round of Lynx golf too, and uh, we fell in love. So Macrahanish, it's a remarkable Lynx. It's located not too far from Campbelltown on the Mull of Kintyre. It's noted for having the uh, best opening hole in Scotland, and I would say arguably the best in the world. Macrahanish is ranked number 19 in Scotland and number 44 on the list for Great Britain and Ireland. And the one thing I'll tell you about Macrahanish is that it's always fun to play golf there, even on a day like today, So where it's quite rainy. So today for Macrahanish, we're joined by their head pro, Jenny Dunn, club captain John Thompson, and head greenkeeper Craig Barr. Jenny, John, and Craig, welcome to the Travel Royally Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Was that a decent enough introduction? Yeah. <laughs> That'll work? Okay. Well, I like to start at the beginning because I think it's fascinating to hear how people came to golf. So, Jenny, how did you come to golf in the first place? Um, so my dad's a PGA professional as well, and so is my younger brother. And my mom ran the pro shop for about 25 years. So I literally grew up on a golf course every day. So Now, you sound Scottish, but I, in looking at your bio, it looks like you spent some time in Germany. I'm actually from Liverpool. Ah. <laughs> So I might have a bit of a Scottish twang, but I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm from I'm from Liverpool, and I grew up in because my dad. We were over in Germany. My dad was the head pro over in Germany, so we were over there for for about twenty six years. Wow. Yeah. So you're a Scouse. I'm I'm a Scouse. Then. <laughs> Are you an Everton or a Liverpool fan? Liverpool. They have a big match tomorrow, right? Or is it? Yeah, or not tomorrow. I'm thinking it's Friday on Saturday against Man City. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, very cool. We're glad you're here. And uh, Craig, how about you? How'd you come to golf? Well, I started here when I was 14. Actually, on the Mark Harnish, I did my work experience from school here. So that was I started been here on and off since then, past however many years. It played on from there. I got a summer job in the golf course. First couple of years, and then I went on an apprenticeship after that. So been here a long time, on and off. <laughs> well, uh, we're glad to have you. And John, my condolences for accepting the uh, job of club captain. That's a uh, <laughs> thankless job, I know. Oh, well, thanks very much for your condolences. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did you come to golf, John? Well, I was a late bloomer into the golf and seen a. I worked all my days in my own business, uh, my own business there for 35 years now. And every every day I worked, days a week for years. And I realised 12 years ago, all my mates, all my friends all golfed. I thought to myself, I'm approaching retirement age. I'm not wanting to miss out. I'd be sitting in 19th hole waiting for them coming off the previous 18 holes. So I decided to up golf. So uh, I haven't really looked back, thoroughly enjoyed it, and I found myself, whatever, whatever I've done in life, I found myself happy this year. So <laughs> uh, certainly it's interesting, put it that way. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, well, so. some interesting things have happened at the club, and we'll get into that. But, John, if you would, tell us a little bit about uh, Macrahanish as a club. Well, the Hanish is a club, it's a member-owned club, uh, which means that uh, no individual or company, company can be say in the club. Uh, we have currently, every member, every full-time member is voting rights, so we basically got a share. At this moment in time, we have three, six, 362 voting members, 
Uh, so they can attend it with the guardians. Every member's a guardian on the top, basically. So yeah. they have to say on it. Uh, every year we appoint a new captain and uh, he does his ear as the captaincy and he stands off. The committee committee members, they'll serve three, a three-year term. So we ten committee members, so that keeps us in good stead. But we're an open club. We're open to any suggestions that come from members. And we're a friendly club as well. You know, it's you know yourself, you've been here, you've experienced it. Uh, and it's it's lovely for the area. What what an area, what a setting we've got here. Uh, but like most clubs, we've you know, our constitution, code of conduct, local rules, which all members visitors alike and expect to follow. But at the end of the day, we're just looking for members, visitors alike, to really come here and enjoy themselves and have a wonderful round of golf. Well, you've got and by the way, that I should have mentioned that the first hole is behind me. Um, yeah. It's a beautiful shot on a day that's probably nicer than the one you're ex- experiencing today. But, you know, 360 members isn't that, you know, uh, most clubs have a lot more than that. And I know that you're in a remote part of Scotland, but you also, you get a lot of visitor rounds and I'm guessing you have a fair number of overseas members. Yes, uh, overseas members. Total, we are basically at 851 golfing members. Wow. And we've got 400, approximately 400 social members. There's different categories. We've got associate members, company members, uh, life members, honorary members, junior members. But they have no, no right They don't to have vote. the voting rights because yeah. Yeah. they're a full, full paid member. Yeah. A full paid member, you must have the postcode where we stay. You would call it a zip code in America. It's a postcode, and you must have that postcode to have a full, full uh, voting member. Yeah. Member. Um, is Jim Hartzell still a member? He's a member of Donavity. Uh, but he was at Macrahanish for quite a while. I know yeah. he's got a great affinity and fondness for Macrahanish as well, though. He played here this year. He played, he played here this year. Yeah. We've had him on the podcast. I don't know if you read his most recent book, but it's fantastic. We have it. Yeah. We have it here yeah. in the club. Yeah, it. yeah it's a fantastic it. book. So you've told me about the club. Now, Craig, if you would, tell us. You know the course better than anyone. You know every square inch of it. Tell yeah. us about the course. Well, I mean, it's as you said before, it's best known for the first hole. So it's, I've been no points mark on it for, but it's a traditional nine in, nine out course. Um, <laughs> well, no, hey, well, Craig, Craig, to be fair, it gets a lot of attention for the for the first hole, but there are a lot of great holes at Macron. What would you say other than number one? What's your what's the best hole in your opinion? I would have said third. The third when you come over the hill at the start of the fairway and the third and you see down there, you get a look out over the whole whole area pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, I would have said the third, man. Yeah, as well. I like that. You just see the green and then the, uh, the the water kind of behind it is like scenic wise. I suppose yeah. that is the, the nicest hole. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I remember the day that we played there. There was a very strong wind coming off the water, and we didn't have a caddy. It was windy. It was rainy. It was probably not too different from today for you guys. And I hit a fade. Like most amateurs, I guess, Jenny, right? We're, that's our uh, dilemma. But I swear to God, this is true. I hit my ball 50 yards out in, over the ocean, and it just floated and dropped in the middle of the fairway. And I remember laughing, and I, I, I was saying, how much could this, could golf be any more fun than this? Right? <laughs> I mean, where else can you, I mean, I swear to God, that's a true story. The, I hit it 50 yards into the ocean, and it just like, like a seagull flew dressed and then just dropped right into the middle of the fairway. And that was the last highlight of the day for me at Makrahan. I see a lot of those shots from the shop window. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think a lot of Americans, they think that golf is about scoring. And what I've come to under, understand is that golf is about fun. Yeah. And last year, we had some friends over and we played at Cullen 
which is a quirky, if you haven't played it, it's very quirky. We got there before it opened on a Sunday morning, and we had a tea time at 10, at like 9, 9.20 or whatever. The clubhouse didn't open till 10, so we couldn't get push carts and uh, scorecards or a course map or guide or anything. So we emptied our bag down to six clubs, and we played a six-club challenge as a fivesome because there was no one out there. And it was the most fun I'd had in years playing golf. No one cared what the score was. You're hitting. And then we played at Fort Rose and Rose Markey, which was just a lot of fun as well. And I, and uh, I, I don't remember what I shot, but I do remember how much fun I had. And, and so the one thing I can guarantee people that visit Makrahanish is that they're going to have fun. Yeah, definitely. So, so Jenny, for people that are, unfamiliar with where you are in Scotland. Tell them where Macrahanish is located. So we're, we're on a peninsula, just up, well, on the west coast of, of Scotland. So it's about a three to three and a half hour drive from Glasgow, but it's a really scenic drive as well around all the, the lochs. And there's also a, um, a flight that comes in from Glasgow, which only takes about half an hour. But yeah. Plus ferries. You have ferries. And we have ferries as well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my father and I took the ferry over. But... Which on a, which on a calm day, yeah, it's quite nice, but on a choppy day, I wouldn't like to do it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you when we knew how serious the weather could be there. When we got on the first ferry with our car, you load into the hull of the boat, and then this big door comes down and locks like a vault. Right. And you're like, and you're thinking they must experience that, you know, they must, they're obviously presenting about this thing getting sunk by waves because in, in Seattle, I used to live in Seattle and, and there's a great ferry system there um, with cars, but the cars are on top of the boat and it's, they don't get the weather that you get. So they're not concerned about storing cars in vaults and <laughs> so forth. And you guys aren't far from Ireland. How is it? What twenty miles over to Ireland? Fourteen miles at the shortest point. On a nice day, you can you can actually see see, them, see across. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. Well, you know, as I we talked about Makrahanish, it's got a wonderful history. Uh, unlike a lot of clubs in or every club in the U.S., right? They're, they most of them were built in the 1900s or. 20th or 21st century, but you guys were founded in 1876 as the Kintyre Golf Club. Um, and interestingly, the course was laid out by the pro at Prestwick, a guy named Charles Hunter. Three years later in 1879, old Tom came by and put his stamp on it. And, and then the club formally changed its name, I think in 1888. But John, what makes Macrahanish so special from your perspective? Well, I think anyone who lives here or works and visits Mugbehanish will have their own reasons uh, for thinking it's a special place. Personally, after playing golf courses abroad and at home here, one place that I love and it's Mugbehanish. Uh, it's a scenery stunning, a beautiful day, the scenery stunning. But there's never two days the same. You have the four seasons in the one day, and people are just amazed. At yeah. The sunshine at the second hole and they're putting on their waterproofs at the third hole they're taking off their water it's just the scenery is amazing beautiful sunsets at night it's just it's special place it's God's wee corner I have to build up here that's what we find and visitors alike they come here and also tell us you have no idea what you've got if it's here on our doorstep and we take it for granted Still love the place one yeah. hundred percent, and it's just it's we we don't want to change it much. It's it's, it's totally a two length course. Absolutely, we're looking up the shoreline. With eight holes following the shoreline, but working from south to north and and back in again. But it's just beautiful. The summer is so so beautiful. Yeah, it's, and what daylight to eleven o'clock at night, then it's light again at four or five in the morning. 
only got about five hours of darkness at night. So you get yeah. the late course and the golf course, you get the early, early risers, and they're out there at the crack of dawn looking for a, looking for a round of golf. But it's just, it's just stunning scenery. We're spoiled, really. Well, yeah. John, I, I'm going to tell Hayden to uh, put subtitles when you talk so Americans can understand. <laughs> well, actually, the, in the chat with the secretary and the office manager, and all that, they'll, need they'll need subtitles when I speak. Yeah. They, they probably won't understand. Can I talk kind of fast? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I'm, I'm joking. I, and I don't know. I've got a keen ear, I think, for uh, um, for listening to people from Scotland. It, it Typically, it's not an issue, but... Um, one of the things I wanted to hit on that you talked about, John, that I think is important is that um, it is a true natural links built by hand, basically, right? When you think about a lot of the courses that have been built recently on links land, they use a lot of earth moving equipment still. I know Makrahanish Dunes wasn't that way. I know it's in a vet very natural setting, but when you think about what they did at Kings Barnes and Cabot Highlands, which used to be Castle Stewart, and Trump International, they moved a lot of earth, to, and Dunbarney as well. And you guys are completely natural. And and there there are occasions. As a matter of fact, uh, we had some new clients that booked with us earlier this week, and they want to play old Lynx courses. They don't want to play the new ones. And I think I've got great respect for both, but. You know, I think that's one of the allures to the old course at St. Andrews, right? That idea that every great golfer who's ever lived has walked across the bridge and strode down the first fairway and had to deal with, you know, every hole on there, including the road hole. And there's something that's very neat about playing at your club where old Tom walked the grounds and, you know, you've had so many great – um People play there, and and golf's been played there for nearly 150 years. It's closing in on it. I'm I'm guessing you'll have a uh, a book commemorating that, like every. But actually, it's in discussions. Now. It's in discussion. I'll discuss that in the agenda when we get to the agenda. <laughs> what we're going can apply. Okay. Okay. Well, let's move on. Because I want to get a better understanding of what all of you do. So, Jenny, you've got to be – first of all, I want to say congratulations. We talked about this. There aren't a lot of women head professionals in Scotland. How many are there? Do you know? I don't really know. I mean, because I grew up in, in Germany, I did my PGA training over in Germany and then joined the British PGA when I moved over here. So all the professionals that – all the British professionals that I know are over in Germany – so I don't really know that many over over here. But, yeah, I don't think there's that many lady head professionals. Yeah, there. Um, it's interesting. There's a connection between us. At my club, Murray, they had the first female professional. Um, I, and I want to say the year was 1919. Really? And, and I believe her name was Meg Urquhart. And they're noted for that. And it's been part of our history. And it's a very... It's always been a very welcoming club for women and women professionals. So, um, so what's your primary role there as the uh, club professional? So I take I take all of the all of the golf bookings. So, uh, well, in the winter time, I set up the whole diary, take all the bookings, um, set up all the the members' competitions, and then in the summertime, it's more. We still we still get bookings, obviously, in the summer, but in the summer, it's more the members' competitions, visit the just welcoming visitors into the when they come to the pro shop. So it's more, yeah, the winter and summer they are yeah, completely different the things that I do. Do you have um an indoor hitting bay where you can still give lessons in the winter? Yeah, I prefer to still give lessons outside. If it's possible, if it's not like 40, 50 miles an hour no, away. A lovely day. <laughs> <laughs> if somebody wants to lesson, I would be old. <laughs> but we have a really big junior section in the in the club as well. So I do, in the summertime, I do um, weekly coaching. 
And I have about 50 to 60 juniors that come every week. And then in the winter time, I do it once a month just because of the weather. I just don't want them to come every single weekend and the weather's really bad. And even for the for the winter one, I've got about 50 kids signed up for that. So we do a lot of a lot of things with the juniors. Excellent. Well, I've got a question for you. When are we going to get some decent professionals out of Scotland? And I'm, I'm being somewhat facetious. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm a huge fan of Scottish golf, obviously. And I follow some of the Scottish pros. But in a country with more golf courses per capita than any country in the world and being the birthplace of golf and, you know, Robert McIntyre is probably the highest ranked Scottish golfer right now. Um, and there hasn't been one to win a major since Paul Lowry. And that's 24 years ago. Yes. I think he won the 99 open. And before that it was Sandy Lyle. I'm, I'm just surprised that there aren't more great, prof- great professionals. And let me say one more thing. My experience is that the clubs over there compared to our clubs over here, have more very good golfers that are at or near scratch. But there don't seem to be many pros coming out of Scotland. Yeah. I don't really. Um, no, and Bob <laughs> only stays about 90 miles away from where we stay. So, Jenny, I, got a, I have an idea on how we can overcome this. Do you think John's ready for the senior tour? <laughs> I'd be too old for it. <laughs> I'll pass on that question. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> well, uh, John, while we're on you, you've got a relatively new clubhouse. Can, t- can you tell us about the new clubhouse and, yes, and well, uh, what unfortunately precipitated the building of a new clubhouse? Uh, unfortunately, back in 2018, December, with, uh, with a bad fire. Uh, that devastated the old clubhouse. Had uh, it in the roof space. So firefighters that was on on site, they found it hard to track where the hotspots was and whatever. They knew they weren't going to save the place. They managed to save all the trophies, memorabilia, uh, pictures and that. They managed to get most of the stuff out we needed. Uh, and hats off to them for doing, doing that for us. So this basically brought us in a, basically a new start, clean page, what we could do, a, what design we wanted, and we come up with the design we've got, a one-story building and a two-story building. And to bring the, before we done separate ladies' clubhouse, we brought the ladies, ladies into the main clubhouse as well. So they've got a locker room, juniors have a locker room, the gents' locker room. We've also got a swing room in as well. So it's really at the design stage, we've got a lot of thought in here. Uh, the whole front of the new clubhouse, first level, the uh, first level is totally glass along the whole front. Panoramic view, the whole front of the clubhouse, looking over the course and over the bay of McBehanish. Uh, we've also two balconies, an east and a west balcony that you can sit on or go out and take photos. And it's really lovely. Yeah, summer settings. You can sit out there, enjoy a sunset, enjoy a nice refreshment, enjoy a nice meal. It's really, I would like to say it's a kind of blessing in disguise. This fire, you know, we kind of want to watch with this fire. Yeah, uh, we want to be back to heart, but we're here. And this is what we've got, and it's a beautiful, beautiful boat. Yeah. Uh, it's done in a location where you can near, you can throw a stone at the first tee. First tee is sitting about 50 yards away from the clubhouse. Yeah. That first tee that, uh, you know, if you, if you can learn golf, you know, if you aim for the ocean, it's every chance of a day like this, it'll bring you onto the first fairway. Uh, yeah. You've probably experienced that yourself. Yeah. Uh, no, we're really, we're delighted with the clubhouse. Uh, well, how many, you know, I think that one of the things, I've been to a number of courses or clubs lately, and what's happening is they're building new clubhouses. So Dunbar is in the process of, I think they've gotten approval to build a new clubhouse. And and they've got one that was, in my mind, very similar to your old clubhouse, as I recall. Um, West Cornwall down in um, southwest England is getting a new clubhouse. I, 
I recently played there. And again, it's reminiscent of your old clubhouse as well. And so, you know, I, I, those are, uh, for me, it's kind of, I've got mixed feelings on one, on one level. I love the quaintness of the old clubhouses. On the other hand, um, I know a lot of American visitors love the amenities that you've created, like an east and west balcony and an all glass front and a stone's throw from the first tee and proper locker rooms. And, you know, the women, the women's locker rooms are now in the clubhouse as well. I mean, but so which brings me to the question, how many visitor rounds do you get a year? How many was that? So three, three, yeah, just over three and a half. I think about three and a half thousand it was. So visitors pay more of your income than your members, I would guess. It's, yeah. Close? I'm going to figures for the for the members. One of the figures for the it will not yeah, have, so it's it's around it's, about it's similar. It's yeah. not too far away. Yes. So in other words, I helped build your clubhouse. Yes, you certainly did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, insurance company is very kind. <laughs> well, I, I think it's interesting because clubs over here don't get a lot of visitors typically, right? The, our clubs are private. So you you just can't walk up and play or call up and play. Sometimes they'll give you a reciprocal a, a, a arrangements where you have to pay. Well, what they'll do is let's say when they, my father grew up playing a Donald Ross course in Cincinnati called Makatiwa, uh, and I took him there once. And in order to get on, I had to be a member at another private club. And then I couldn't use money there. Whatever I spent, they billed back to my club, and it was on. It showed up on my club bill. Yeah. So the number of clubs won't take cash. They just bill the members. When I play East Lake, I have a friend that's a member there. I think they recently changed it where you can pay in the clubhouse, but in the past. You couldn't pay for greens fees. You couldn't pay for merchandise. It all went to the member's account. But they've changed that recently. But my point is, when you think about you guys, you know, you said it's nearly 50-50 visitor income versus member income. Can you imagine Royal Troon or Carnoustie? I mean, the visitor income must dwarf whatever the members pay. Yeah. Yes. Or, I mean, because you're, I mean, a two ball at Carnoustie would be an annual subscription for one member. Yeah. Right. I mean, the, in, round, in round numbers, maybe it's two and a half, but you're, you're paying 300 pounds. So maybe it's, maybe it's, maybe it's 900 pounds to be a member at one of the clubs at Carnoustie or at, but it's not like here in the States, I've got a friend that's a member of a club. I won't name it, but he paid $100,000 to be a member and $1,500 a month in annual dues. And when they redo the course or build a new clubhouse, you get an assessment for five to 10 grand. No. <laughs> Now, courses like that are maintained like <clears throat> very close to like Augusta. I mean, not nothing's maintained like Augusta, but other than Macrahanish, right, Craig? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, well, Craig, you know, I know that you've played golf around Scotland. Um, and I, there's a special place in your heart, I would guess, for Macrahanish because you've not only played it so often, but you've you've walked it and mowed it and what 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 makes it so special to you? I think I don't know. I think just because I was I mean my house where I stayed just actually along the beach from the course itself. So yeah. I was always in the area and as I say, like I've never really played golf when I was younger. I just 
randomly came here from a work experience from school, which was the first time I'd been near a golf course, really. Yeah. I enjoyed the work I was doing then, so I say that led on to doing a summer time job and then my apprenticeship and been stuck ever since. I really enjoyed the work I was doing. Yeah. As you say, what a place to work. When you get good weather like this, it's, you couldn't really ask for anything better. Yeah. Do you get, uh, while you're out mowing, do you ever get like visitors to stop you and, and comment on the course, tell you what they like? or yeah, quite, quite often. Most yeah. days, if you meet folk, and always speak away to them a lot of visitors. Everybody's always really pretty complimentary about things. Yeah. There's have some things to say, but... <laughs> Yeah, but the head greenkeeper at Murray is a guy named Kevin Thompson, <clears throat> and he's an amazing greenkeeper where uh, until recently we didn't have a full irrigation system. And in the winter, or excuse me, in the summer, several years back, the fairways got so burnt out they didn't know whether they'd come back. Um, and, um, you know, it took a lot of trial and error, but they're they're back and better than ever now. And we do have an irrigation system. So... So let me ask this, Craig, you, you deal with a seaside lynx. You know, what unique challenges do you have taking care of a seaside lynx? I think the hardest part of it is trying to plan anything because you don't, as John says earlier on, the weather can change four seasons in a day. So you, know, you, you think you've got a plan for the week ahead and that can change in a matter of hours. Mm. Kind of just go with it and do it, do it what comes with the weather, pretty much work around the weather. Yeah. Or do you deal with any, uh, are there any erosion issues there? It's not too bad. Down the first fairway, there's been a bit of winter time, but it's, it's not actually that bad down there. The odd time there's a high tide and you get a bit of seaweed and stuff up the first fairway and things. But apart from that, I mean, the rest of the course is well enough away from the beach line itself. So you don't really have to worry about erosion there. Yeah. You know, it's been, it's been a difficult, Last couple of years, I understand that Montrose over on the other coast is suffering from severe erosion on a number of its holes. And Carnoustie's been flooded several times this year yeah. and and had to close for days, which on two on two levels is interesting. One, that they're flooding multiple times in a year. And two, that a course can come back so quickly after being flooded like literally seeing it under seawater it the, the it doesn't kill the grass or i mean i don't know how they get the course back in shape golf course and all you could see was the sea and flags sticking out the water pretty much wow just a few weeks later you would hardly even know there was anything wrong with the place yeah Antique with that. Well, Craig, do you have any special projects planned over the winter for the course? We've not got anything too big this year. We're kind of trying to upgrade the practice facility, building a new tee for that, and we've just been the usual winter work, building bunkers, hiding up areas that kind of worn out through the winter, summertime and stuff. I think we've got seven or eight bunkers built already. So excellent. They're nearly done, so we're on the next stage and get another few dug out and start again. When you do that bunker work, Craig, are you simply you know redoing the revetted face or are you are you yeah, reshaping them at all? Yeah, we, we don't we don't really change the shape much. There's the odd ones we'll try and maybe contour in greenkeepers bits, trying to make the ball roll into some of them just to be more nasty <laughs> golfers, but, but it's all you we always try and kind of work out. What we think would be the best for playing golf. And, yeah. You know, so we don't change a lot of the shapes and stuff, but it's mostly just rebuilding to build. The faces get worn out. You replace a bunker every three, four years or so. Trying yeah. to keep on a way we get every bunker rebuilt again within three, four years. Yeah. That's great. Well, Jenny, the good news is that when visitors come over, to, you're the face that they're going to see and not John or Craig. That's the good news. But, <laughs> you're literally going to be the first person typically that they would see, right? They walk into the pro yeah. shop and they're going yeah. to see you. So what can North Americans expect when they come to Makrahanish? Well, I think most of it's already 
kind of mentioned the amazing scenery here, the kind of natural links course on the people, the nice the friendly members. And I mean, I know if a few members that if they see visitors out on the course, they'll start chatting to them and stuff like that. So it's, yeah, it's most of the things I think John's already mentioned with the amazing scenery and the, the natural links course, really. Yeah. Yeah, I think what I have experienced now, again, it's been 25 years since I've been over there, but I was astounded at how friendly everybody was at the club. And and then I remember when we finished the round, we walked across the street and there was a restaurant or a, yeah, there was a restaurant there and we, it was, it was a very cold, wet, windy day and we had soup a pint of tenants and, you know, some brown bread. And we were, you know, well, you know, well recovered immediately following that. But I think the friendliness of the people is what is one of the things I would say people would expect or not expect, but what they would receive there. So. We just, we just want the visitors to come. Have a serious round of golf and enjoy, enjoy round the golf. Have fun as well. Have, a yeah. bit serious, have fun as well. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's what the course will bring you. Yeah, you know, that fun. You know, it's one of them. You know, just an enjoyment challenge. But at the end of the day, golf's about having fun. No yeah. matter what the weather, because I mean, I see a lot of a lot of Americans that come over and, and play and, and like weather like today as well. But you come all that way and you're only here that one day. You have to really go and play golf. But a lot yeah. of them. A lot of them then say, oh, no, this is what we've come yeah, for. We want to experience the proper <laughs> Scottish Scottish <laughs> links course and the Scottish weather. So they, they actually want that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny. I was in Scotland. Well, when, when you and I met, Jenny, that was yeah. th- oh, yeah, like a month ago. And we had played. Did you play golf those two days at the beginning? Well, of the- we were only there for the, meet- for the meetings, yeah. Yeah, and John, you were there, right? Yeah. Yes, I was there as well. Yeah, I remember that. So, you know, we we played Presswick on Monday, Dunbarney on Tuesday. But before playing Dunbarney, eleven of us got to go out the back door and play the old course, seventeen and eighteen, oh. which was really cool. And I got to play with two Irish people who'd never been on the course before, so. Here's an American acting as caddy because I played it a number of times. So hit it here, hit it there. Um, but um, we had a tea time on Saturday. I got a tea time at the old course through a friend of mine that has a, you know, a Lynx ticket. And it was, the forecast was for rain, so we didn't play. Oh. Right? And then it turns out to be a really good day. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> right. And um, anyway, the it was a unanimous choice. The four of us all decided not to play. But Jenny, when when people are in that part of Scotland, what can they do off the course? What what things are there to see or do off the well, course? Really, this area here would be if you're not playing golf, you'd probably be visiting a whiskey distillery. So we've got three three distilleries here already. We're, there's two new ones that are gonna gonna open up, and we've got one gin distillery as well. So that's what that's what usually gets done. Kind of golf, or you do both, play golf, and then go and, go and visit a whiskey distillery, or visit the flask in your bag on a cold day. I suppose well, that's well, yeah. <laughs> that happens a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, John, what's next on the club's agenda? Next to the club agenda, here we go. As you well know, we're currently on our 147th year as a club. 2026 brings our 150th anniversary. We're creating a subcommittee to start working on how we're going to commemorate this milestone. We've had offers in by other clubs, even as far as Australia, that want to come over here and have a small competition to commemorate the club. Some of them as members here. Yeah, I've got a lot of members spread throughout the world, and uh, a lot of them speaking about this 150th. So hopefully we'll get a few of them coming over, commemorate this. Uh, there'll probably be a big 
like party at some point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, as I say, it's a few years ahead, but we've really got to start planning it now. Yeah. So we're setting up, currently in this moment, we're setting up a subcommittee of three or four guys. Uh, and because the committee moves on, it, they'll be moving with it, just keeping in touch with the captain organised. Also, the old ladies' clubhouse, uh, we're converting that into accommodation. We're just about through the planning stage, paperwork stage with the local authority. And that's going to create uh, four rooms, all en suite, you can sleep, uh, two in each room, twin beds, a double, you know, double bed. So we're looking forward to getting that uh, moving along soon. We're hoping to get it this year, but bureaucracy seems to hold things up. Yeah. Uh, you know, so. Well, it's funny when you said that. You said old ladies. Yes, that's. I don't uh, and, know. <laughs> I'm actually meaning the building. Yeah, Sorry. so you, I guess there's a, a double entendre. It's the a clubhouse for old ladies. Is it a clubhouse for old ladies, or was it the? Well, no, they've kind of the old ladies has come into the new clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
a mark. Yeah. So if over soon, they will get a lunch with me. <laughs> and I'm quite sure the future captain, my vice at the moment, Mr. Barry Cobble, he'd be quite keen. He'll be he'll be about. And he was my vice captain. He he can't. Uh, he's got the company that built the, the of the new club. Yeah. So yeah, but you're going to be you'll be uh, chairman emeritus. We could. And I've never known a Scotsman to turn down a free lunch and beer or a wee dram, <laughs> so I know you'll show up for that. If I thought I had to pay for it. That would be Well, in, in all seriousness, we try to give our guests kind of unique experiences, things that they wouldn't, you know. So, um, you know, we've set up Ryder Cup matches. Where we say, like, and I probably could do that through Jenny, where I say, hey, we've got four guys coming over. Can you get four members that want to play that day and we'll buy them dinner after the round or we'll trade club ties or something like that. But unique experiences like that are really fun. And it's, the visitors gain a bit of experience for the locals going out with them as well. You yeah. know, it's, it's looking at be a card. The course here, it's, it's position and order. You know, you're trying to you're trying yeah. to get your ball into that position to make the second, second shot a bit easier. Yeah. That's such a thing as an easy second <laughs> shot. I don't know. But no, that sounds good. You know, it's, we want everybody to have a great experience. And if it yeah. means getting up small things like that, me marches, that's, yeah. that's fine with us. You know. Yeah. And then the other thing I was going to bring up, Jenny, that I missed was that, you know, I talked about how at our club, at Murray, we've got, you know, the first female professional in Scotland was there. And um, uh, my my kids played a lot of competitive sports, my girls. And I've got a special place in my heart for women's athletics in general. Uh, and my, my instructor is a woman who was on the LPGA Tour for seven years. And... Um, she does very well, but I know there are men who think I'm not taking lessons from a woman, right? And I hope you don't have that issue there because I, I think uh, uh, my my pro, Angela Ormsby, is just uh, – she's so good. You know, I mean, I, I you know, I don't know how people don't go to her, to be honest with you. Someone that played competitive golf for seven years. Yeah. You know, she played in three open championships over there. She's she's led the uh, she led the LPGA one year in sand saves. I mean, who would I want teaching me how to get out of a bunker or to get a competitive mindset? Or I mean, her swing. I'll tell you a story. She and her husband, who's a golf professional, we played nine hole matches. Him, he and a student, and her and I. And we won both times. And I never, and this is the truth, in 18 holes that I played with her, she never missed a fairway or a green. Not once. Right? I mean, it was like watching a surgeon with a golf club. You're like, how does she how does she do this? And I said, how are you not still on the tour? And she said, have you seen me putt? And I said, I've never seen you hit a bad putt. She goes, have you ever seen me hit a good putt? And she said, I too, I'll two putt all day long, but you can't stay on the LPGA tour making pars. You go. gotta, she got, and she, her thing was, my speed is perfect typically, but I can't read the green. I don't, you know, she goes, I'm not, she goes, by amateur standards, I'm a good putter. By professional standards, I'm, you know, in the second 100, you just can't stay out on the tour putting like that. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, I shouldn't have taken all your time with that. So, um, <laughs> actually, I'm going to ask all three of you this last question. So, so, we have people, most of our people that come over are playing Lynx golf for the first time. So, when they come to Macrahanish and they're playing Lynx golf for the first time, what advice do you have for them? For them? Craig, let's start with you. What advice would you have for someone? They're playing Macrahanish and Lynx golf for the first time. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> take, take a caddy, an umbrella, shorts, t-shirt, waterproofs. <laughs> <laughs> take a caddy. 
<laughs> take a caddy. Okay, so you're so what you're saying is take a caddy and be prepared for any kind of weather. You don't know what's going to you. We're going to save the best for last. So, John, what would you say? Not me as a caddy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just come and enjoy it. Enjoy it. But if you, especially if you play it once, you'll want to play it again. Yeah. We want that feeling to come back in, come off the course, get to the pro shop, speak to Jenny, and just say, have a wonderful time there. That course maybe kicked my ass, but I'll be back out there. Yeah. Yeah. Course, you know, yeah. so it's just basically enjoy it. Just come and enjoy it. A Cardi's, especially the first time, even if it's one Cardi for a group of four golfers, at it's least it's a bit of knowledge. Right. You know, it's course well, knowledge. That's a great recommendation because your caddies aren't professionals. They're local members, right? Yeah, local they're members. all members. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. I, I The first time I played Doorknock, and again, this was with my dad 26 years ago. We had a local member as a caddy. His name was Pipey, apparently because he was always smoking a pipe. But And I think that was his – or maybe it was a cigarette, but they called him Pipey. And later we found out he was like a seven-time club champion. And he's lugging the bags of, you know, a couple of hacks like us. It's just got to be – anyway. Um, Jenny, how about you? What would you what, what would your advice be? Um, I would say always take your waterproofs out with you, whether it's summer or not, but always have them to hand. And you need to learn how to hit low shots. <laughs> Because it's always going to be, there's always going to be wind. So you yeah. need to learn how to hit kind of like slow, punchy shots. So yeah, those are the two things, waterproofs and low shots. Okay, excellent. Um, we could even arrange a pre-game a pre lesson with you, right? Like teaching them how to hit yeah. those shots, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking of ways to generate more revenue for Makrahanish. Load up on golf balls in the pro shop. Pardon? Uh, load up on golf balls in the pro yeah, shop. Exactly. Buy your waterproofs there. <laughs> I've got waterproofs in the shop. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, hey, it's been great fun. Thank you all so much for investing an hour of your time with us today. This was a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope that we get – I shouldn't say get. I hope we inspire a lot of people to go over and play with uh, such a friendly group of people like the three of you. So thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, Golf Club would like to thank you for inviting us on to your Yes. Thanks very much. Hey, it's been my pleasure. Have a wonderful uh, wet day over there. <laughs> thank you so much again for tuning in. I really hope you appreciated. Uh, what they had to say and learning more about the golf club in Macrohanish. Um, if you enjoyed it, please like and share the video and subscribe to know when the next video comes out. See you next time.